You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Today is a terrible and glorious day, a day that reveals the depths of sinful human nature and the heights of God's grace. And those two are inexorably linked throughout the Bible and the human condition. Fall and God's intervening grace, sin and redemption, being lost and being found, despair and hope, death and life. We grieve today rightly, but remembering the words of Paul to the Thessalonians, we grieve with hope. It is right to grieve. If today were not Good Friday, there is reason enough to grieve on any day, more than I can adequately articulate in this particular moment. And I ask you as we think about that, what, as we gather together today, are you grieving right now? What is it and where um, are you grieving? And not only do I refer to the brokenness and violence and consumption and discontent uh, of the world, uh, the ingrained patterns of its escalation and perpetuation, uh, but not only the ways that it plays out in our world globally, but the way that it plays out in our day-to-day relationships uh, and even Um, in our own spirits, with the fall came confusion and separation and disorientation. And as a result, we often battle not only with the world, but we battle within ourselves as well, and the violence and the condemnation existing without any help from the world. The grief is real, but I hold out to you today, as the Bible holds out to us, that though the grief is real, the hope is infinitely more real. We grieve today, but we grieve with hope. We see our need, it is placed before us, but we also see the greater countersign. In a moment we will sing, um, after my remarks, there is a green hill far away outside a city wall where our dear Lord was crucified who died to save us all. The sin and the despair of the world, uh, our sin uh, and our rebellion, to all of those, the cross of Jesus Christ is given as a greater final word. We hear again and again and again necessarily that the depths of our sinful humanity cannot trump the power of God's grace. As John is wont to do, he reminds us of his hope and bearing witness Catherine read that just a moment ago and relaying what he actually saw. And as he says, that we might believe at the end of the Passion, following the words of Jesus, that it is finished. John will write, he who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth that you also may believe. Perhaps today um, you want to believe. Perhaps the troubles and the groaning 
of this life may leave you feeling in this particular moment as if all the belief has been beaten out of you. Perhaps along with the words of the psalmist, you cry out that trouble is near always, that it encircles you, insatiably snatching its jaws at you. And perhaps you feel poured out, your bones out of joint. Perhaps you feel as if your heart melts um, like wax. Perhaps it feels as if no one or nothing can reach you and can reach this place um, in your life. And perhaps those words, uh, those biblical words are resonant with you as we are gathered together this day. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. The Greek word which John uses um, is pistuo, and it means to believe, and it occurs nearly a hundred times in John's gospel. He uses that word pistuo, to believe, and his longing and his witness are that you and I might believe, and not simply merely believe, but that you and I would know the power of that belief, that you and I would know it's bomb that you and I would know its very real strength, that we would know the life of that belief. And pistuo is a verb, it is living, it is active, it is is ongoing, and and pistis is the noun, and it's often translated as as faith or belief, and and in this this moment, bear with me. Um, Pistuo is the verb, it means to believe. Pistis um, is the noun, and it means faith, and why I'm telling you all of that Um, is that the word pistis um, is used of God. The word pistis um, is used uh, of Jesus. And and that word pistis means faithfulness. It means faithful. And what we need to hear and why we are people of hope is that God is faithful. John invites us to believe to have that living and active belief in our life, but the object of our belief um, is described um, as faithful. We see um, that its strength, we see that its substance exists not in our ability, but in the very nature and the character of God who we are told um, is faithful. Jesus, we see, is the one who will come to be the full um, and the final Passover for the sins of the world. He will give up his spirit that you and I might have his spirit. In John's gospel, he will tell um, his followers, peace I leave with you, my own peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not be troubled and do not let your hearts be afraid. He promises to give the abiding gift um, of his spirit. And we hear throughout the lessons placed before us this day the nature and the character of our Savior who gives up His Spirit that you and I might have His Spirit within us. We hear that He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We hear that upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with His wounds we are healed, that He has borne the sin of many and that he makes intercession for the transgressors. Jesus willingly, and it is an agonizing willingness accomplished 
through grueling prayer in Gethsemane, the betrayal and the denial of those who are closest to him through physical and mental and emotional torture, through slaps and blows, through spitting and mocking, through nakedness and exposure, uh, he, in those words of the psalmist, is poured out like water, his bones out of joint, his heart melting within him like wax. Jesus is willingly betrayed for our deliverance. The words above are real, the words of trials and depletion, but they are not final. Jesus will have the final word. Jesus knows um, our world, he knows our life, he knows our hearts, he knows you and me, not distantly and generically, but specifically. We see that he knows us, and the author to the Hebrews rightly notes that he has the final word, I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. In the initial prayer, which we prayed at the beginning of the service, we prayed, Almighty God, we beseech thee graciously to behold this thy family, for which our Lord Jesus Christ was contented to be betrayed and given up into the hands of sinners and to suffer death upon the cross. It's a beautiful prayer, a moving prayer, but the particular word which struck me as we prayed that prayer and striking in the context of today, and I want to close with this thought and this offering, and that word is contented. We pray that Jesus Christ was contented to be betrayed for you and for me. The definition of content, as you may know, is a state of peaceful happiness, satisfied. And I share that with you because uh, contentment uh, in this life is so incredibly elusive, um, is it not? Uh, I would contend that it's one of those things in our lives that uh, is longed for and lacking um, for most. Uh, and we may even um, fear contentment. If, if we have it, we fear that we might lose it, that it might be taken away from us. If we have contentment, there must be something wrong with us um, because we are not striving um, for more. That if we're content, um, we are settling. But we pray today that our Lord Jesus Christ was content to be betrayed uh, and given up into the hands of sinful men given up into the hands of sinners and to suffer death um, upon the cross. That word contentment, as we hear it, perhaps you think along with me um, to those words uh, from, Paul, from Paul's letter to the Philippians, the fourth chapter. And of course, you remember those words. Paul writes with words of, of joy and hope and assurance, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say again, rejoice, um, the Lord is at hand. He speaks words of joy. He speaks words um, of hope despite um, his circumstance. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts 
and minds in Christ Jesus. But as he goes on, uh, Paul writes these words, and they have long uh, resonated. He writes, I have learned in whatever situation I am um, to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. How was Paul able to write those words? Why was Paul um, able to write um, those words? And, And more than simply to write them, but to write them with conviction to write them with assurance, to write them with full um, belief. He was able to write those words because of Good Friday, because of the reality of the death of Jesus um, for the sins of the world, because of the reality of the resurrection of Jesus for the sins of the world, because Jesus defeats and breaks the vicious cycles of this world, both inside um, and outside. And he gives a greater final word from the cross, Father, um, forgive. Jesus was content to be offered into the hands of sinful humanity. We are reminded that Jesus was content to personally descend into the deep, dark heart of the world and to repair what you and I and all of our efforts can never repair, and to win um, our healing um, and our salvation. Remember uh, that definition of contentment I gave um, just a moment ago, and of course um, it it mentions um, happiness, but beyond that it mentions satisfaction. Paul was able to write those words, words because Jesus Christ is the once and for all sufficient sacrifice for um, the sins of the world. By the blood of Jesus poured out upon the cross, um, God fulfills all of his promises. He is that once and for all sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the world. Grace um, and mercy and healing and restoration um, are poured out upon you and me, not because of our faithfulness or our character, but because of the faithfulness and the nature and character of our God made known to us and given to us in our Lord Jesus Christ. And we hear this day the words of truth um, that for you um, and for me, it is by his wounds that we are healed. I pray now, O Lord, that you would draw reluctant hearts and give doubting souls the courage to believe through the faithfulness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.